What's up, everyone, and welcome to your destination for the biggest geek news and reactions in movies, TV, comics, and gaming. This week, we're going to sit down and chat about Stranger Things Volume 2 with some special guests to get a different perspective on the show as a whole. We're also going to talk about the announcement of the Upside Down Pictures and the release of the Paper Girls trailer. All that and more this week, so don't go anywhere because I'm Chris. And I'm Don, and this is Raised a Geek. Let's go! And we are back. Welcome, everyone. It's episode 63 of Raise the Geek. I'm Chris. And as always, I'm here with my buddy, Don. How we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? Uh, I am okay. Everything is good, as usual. Cannot complain. Just enjoying this uh, summer Sunday here. Getting ready to talk some nerd stuff with you. Um yeah, man. How are you? Everything's good with me. That's always good to hear. It's yeah. hot as hell in Texas. Again, who yeah, knew? They're like, yeah, right. Well, you know, I mean, it's supposed to be hot, but not this hot. They're like, oh, average like 106 feels like 115. You're like, what? Mm-mm. Usually this little, t- it's a little too early. Like usually that's like end of July, August. And the fact that we've been in the hundreds since May, ridiculous. But then it's like the desert, you know, feels like 116. You're like, what? The kind of, the kind of stuff where you walk outside and can't breathe. Yeah, I, I know that one yeah. where the humidity gets you. The sun, I don't mind so much. It's just when that humidity makes it like unbearable is yeah. love me some summer, but that's too much. Yeah. So I'm just sitting here like, I don't want to do anything outside. Yeah. Um, loving the air conditioning at the moment. Got mine fixed because it broke last week, which was, of course, mm-hmm. terrible as well. Does it- yeah, that's, that's like an emergency. <laughs> that's an emergency situation <laughs> in yeah. the summertime. It got it. No joke real quick. So luckily we were able to get that figured out, but to get a little toasty, roasty, toasty in here, but was able to uh, get it fixed. So we are pumping cool air feels pretty good in the house and i, I feel, feel comfortable that it's not going to die now it's like yeah. want to use and abuse it very nice we spent uh yesterday a little time outside not really so much but anyway we went to go see um the new thor movie love and thunder yesterday mm-hmm. which i'm sure me and you will be talking about very soon oh, at yeah. some point on this show uh but where we go to see movies is like a outdoor mall it's like a, the theater's at a mall but yeah, it's an outside yeah. mall which is pretty nice i don't really like malls but if it's outside you feel like you're outside you feel like you're doing stuff i can handle that a little bit more yeah um yeah. but kind of just walking around in our travels we got there about 20 30 minutes before the show starts so we're like ah, oh, let's walk around this mall a little bit and uh look up and one of the stores is a huge storefront that is the uh stranger things store like big in the windows it says stranger things and it's like stranger things the store and it has a big long line of people waiting to get in and you get close and you look and it's like a line for people who made reservations and then also another line for people who didn't make reservations like walk-ups to get into the stranger things merchandise store and in the windows they had like demi gorgons as the uh mannequins with like hellfire club t-shirts on and all this stuff and i was like man i gotta get in there uh we didn't though because we didn't have time before the movie I'm, i may go back to this mall it's not far from my house to like check it out uh looked Wait. online 
they I had reservations to get in reservations to get in yes <laughs> i looked online and they did this last year uh just one in new york and one in, in uh, los angeles and now this year the three locations are chicago which is clearly me and then there's one in paris france and there's one in Dallas, Texas. So my question to you, you making the trip to Dallas to go check out the Stranger Things store. Can I buy everything online? <laughs> Probably. So, no, I mean, I, no. <laughs> no, I didn't step foot in there. And you know what? Yeah, they have Stranger Things merch. You can get it like Target. So I guess yeah. you don't really have to go into the store. I just thought it was cool. No, it, it, was- it is. It just, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious of what they have in there that's like, I need to go to the store. Yeah. Why do I need to go check out the store? Like, is there, are there actors there? Do they have like appointments? Is it like stuff that you can only get there? Like, what is the deal? Can I take a picture with Dustin inside? Because if that's the case, you know, wax figures of like, just like what makes it that I need to go there as opposed to stuff online. You know, you want me to go to a store and actually shop in person? What year is this? They really want me to think it's 1986. This is 2022, jerks. I buy everything online. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was fun, though. That it is cool. That's, if you make it, you're going to have to let us know what the hell I'll goes on back. in there. I will report back once I make my way inside. Like how you make reservations for a store. That's weird. Online. Yeah. I looked. Yeah. When I looked online, I was like, book, book your book your trip, book your appointment or something uh, free of charge. So I don't know. Both lines seem to be equally as long. They were just letting in the people who made a reservation first. So you could just walk up and get in, but uh, I don't know. Fun, fun little, fun little pop up there. Interesting. That's a great segue because today we are going to talk about Stranger Things volume two. And we decided to actually bring in a little bit more opinion and we both talked our wives into sitting down with us to talk about volume two stranger things as a whole. And like I said, we both sit at home and watch these things with our wives and then talk about it with our wives. And then we figured why not do it here for everybody else to hear. Yeah, man, that's totally exactly what happened. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they're, they're both seem to be fans of the show. So like you said, we all watch it together. We thought it'd be fun and they both agreed. So we're going to, we're going to do it. It's, it should be a good time. Uh, like you said, the, the most interesting part is as much as I love talking to you here weekly about our things, uh, it'll be interesting and fun to have a couple different uh, voices and opinions and on, on stuff that maybe we wouldn't have thought about. So, and why not do it with the people we live with and who watch this stuff with us anyway. So um, makes it real easy to plan because you know where definitely. they are and what they're doing. Exactly. You want to meet me uh, down here in the podcasting den at three o'clock? Sure. So easy enough. Don't, don't have to schedule crazy zoom meetings with people who live elsewhere. So it'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to that. We're going to have them join us here in a few minutes. We got a couple other things we wanted to touch on before we get to that. But before we do that, make sure you like, subscribe, and follow this podcast and all social media and podcast services. Hit us up with those five-star reviews. It really helps out the show. Um, if you decide to leave a review uh, with a comment, feedback, critical or positive or negative, let us uh, know. But leave your name. We'll be happy to give you a shout-out here on the show. If you want to join the conversation, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Raise the Geek and or, and or shoot us an email at raisethegeekgmail.com. Yes, those are the places. And once again, we appreciate everyone for listening. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We've been been a good year and we're excited to continue it uh, up first today that we wanted to talk about because it came out this week was we finally got a trailer for paper girls um, which we've is a show we've talked about and we're kind of anticipating for this so it, it's set to come out here at the end of july on amazon prime um, so we are super pumped about um, that and we got our first glimpse at the i'm assuming extremely inspired by stranger things trailer <laughs> for Paper Girls, which was a uh, comic book series written by Brian K. Vaughn and illustrated by uh, Cliff Chiang, um, published by Image. Don, I know you've read this whole series. I have. So I'm dying to know mm -hmm. what you thought of this trailer. Um, I liked what I saw. I'll, I'll, I'll preface by saying that I really enjoyed that series. Uh, it's not very long. I think it's like 25 issues or less. 30. 30 okay it's 30 it ran from it ran from october 15 uh, october 2015 to july of 2019 and they did 30 okay. issues yeah i mean what interested me in the book in the first place was being a big fan of saga which uh brian k Vaughn also writes so mm -hmm. this was his you know another series from him cliff chang i really like his art if you've ever had a chance to check out his art there's just something really fun about the way he draws um and yeah man i really liked the series now that being said, the comparisons to Stranger Things have been there since day one, even in the comics. Um, that's kind of like, I don't want to say how they advertised it as, is like, if you're a fan of Stranger Things, here's something to check out. But the similarities are there and it's, you can't really deny it that it's a, a group of, um, you know, young kids, in this case, four young girls um, having kind of an adventure in the 80s that, all this sci-fi stuff starts happening and uh you know it, it does it is different than than stranger things mm -hmm. regardless of how you look at like how it seems on the surface once you get into it you can there's a lot of differences i mean this is more time travel and and a lot of different things happen but um the comparisons are going to be there i would say that fans of stranger things would want to check this out if you kind of like that that kind of story um it's the same but different at the same time now no. and, and the trailer does look like it's going to follow the book pretty closely does it that was what i was curious about now this the comic the sorry the comic book started before it came out about the year before because it came out in 2015 and stranger things started in 2016 so was okay. there do you remember if there were any comparisons the other way because obviously everyone's going to be like ah stranger things rip off by looking at this right so it's coming way after but do you remember if there was any kind of talk before, like when Stranger Things first started? Did anybody make the connection of these two or not really? Because they're just different mediums. Mostly because they're different mediums and there's just so, so many more eyes on a Netflix show than an image comic book. Yeah, that's true. So like you could even shout from the rooftops as someone reading Paper Girls like, Stranger Things is stealing Paper Girls idea, but nobody would have known what the hell you're talking about because it's a little obscure indie comic. Yeah. Uh, as India's images, but um, yeah, I mean, the comparisons are going to be there. It's, it's not going to be able to be helped when the show comes out. I can already foresee people online being like, this is just a copy of stranger things. And you know, those people can say that all they want. I'm, I'm interested to watch it. It looks fun to me. Uh, it's got Ali Wong and a bunch of, you know, they cast a lot of um, no name actresses to play the girls. So I'm excited to see what they're going to bring to the table. Um, they kind of made a few changes for the sake of diversity, which I think is good. Like 
Um, they cast an African-American girl who wasn't in the comics as one of the main characters and also mm-hmm. an Asian girl who I don't think was really in the comics. So I'm glad they went that route, too, and made their couple little changes. But it looks to be true to the comic. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, anyone listening out there, I suggest reading that book before watching the show. It was a lot of fun. So, yeah, man, I'm excited. And they did some filming for that show, like here in my hometown, in my little suburb in the woods. I remember <laughs> Uh, back a couple years ago when they were doing the filming. So I'm excited to see that, see if I can see my woods. <laughs> I recognize that tree. All right. I don't know. What you, What did you think of the trailer? As someone who hasn't read the book, like... Well, of course, my initial, because I didn't read the book and I really didn't even know what it was about. Like, I was always aware that it was a series. I always remember seeing it, looking interested in it, but I w- didn't catch it when it started. So it was just one of those things where I never really knew where to start or what to do with it. Um, so I was familiar with it, but then... And we've obviously talked about it on the show, but then watching the trailer, obviously the Stranger Things comparison jumped out. Now I was aware that this came out first, so I, I didn't feel like the need to be like, oh, look at this. But of course it was just like, did the creators of the show lean too heavy into that? Because a lot of the visuals looked very, very familiar. Once they got into the time travel aspect of the show where, you know, these the, the paper girls get lost in time and find them their older selves in the year 20 they go from 1988 to 2019 it looks like yeah in the show like that yep um so just being able to see that jump once they kind of made that transition it kind of um uh, became a lot more interesting like okay this is different this is cool uh this looks like fun um my only thing that i was trying to come with it was trying to figure out where it was skewed from like an age perspective like trying to figure out if it was made for me or if it's made for younger younger audience because it does definitely seem to skew a little bit younger um it looks like a british sci-fi show like with the effects like the effects look very tv um Mm -hmm. and they were throwing a whole bunch of them in there in this trailer and trying to do stuff so it looks a little bit low budget which i'm not opposed to but just like i said when you're looking at stranger things which is of course you're going to compare it to it looks kind of like super low budget compared to that so you're like are they going to be able to do it is it going to pull me out so i still want to watch it still kind of want to read it and you're making me debate if i need to try to power through it before but um and as you said i'm, I'm loving saga so jumping back into some brian k vaughn stuff sounds interesting so i'm definitely interested to check it out um and see i'm not the trailer didn't light my world on fire it kind of was no. just like okay <clears throat> caught my attention but it didn't uh show me why i should watch it yeah i can completely understand that it kind of spiked your interest level a little bit but you're not blown away or anything by yeah. a trailer and the problem with that is the fact that I'm interested because I know the source material, but the average person, one of it being on Amazon and Amazon, just not really breaking through in anything. I mean, we just got done finished season three of the boys. And I mean, outside of a couple like moments, have you seen, I mean, any talk about the boys episodes every, every week, maybe I see a couple articles on IGN, just like talking about one moment, but it's like one article and it's just kind of gone. And it doesn't seem like that breaks through. And that's like their biggest show. It is. And the same thing with Invincible, which we loved and, and didn't really break through, I guess, to the general public. I think mm-hmm. Amazon is still trying to find its way. We love the boys and we love Invincible and being on Twitter, like people who think like us and and kind of watch all this stuff, love think the boys is like the greatest 
comic book show that's ever existed, which, you know, we'll talk about, I'm sure, at some point when we have another boys conversation. But uh, yeah, Amazon just doesn't seem to have broken through as much as maybe they have wanted to to this point. So we'll see. I think I think it'll be successful enough uh, that people will tune in. It's just kind of a wait and see kind of a thing. Um, the boys is successful to them, but comparing it to stuff on Netflix and HBO, I just don't think that Amazon Studios is there yet. And so their expectations are probably lower than maybe some of those other studios for viewership and 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 kind of capturing the talk of the nation or the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. we'll kind of see how it plays out. So yeah, just gets tricky as to how they're how they're doing that. But I'm super excited for checking it out here at the end of July, and I'm sure we'll chat about it one way or another here at some point on this show. So I'm definitely. Looking forward to seeing what you think about it when that time comes. Um, The other news that dropped this week that we want to talk about before we jumped into Stranger Things Volume 2 is that the Duffer Brothers, the creators of Stranger Things, announced Upside Down Pictures and their first three to four projects that they plan on doing with their own. I think it's all in line with Netflix, so everything's kind of set up to be on Netflix. Um, The first one of their projects they announced is a Talisman a TV show, which is a Stephen King, uh, Richard Bachman novel from like the eighties. That's very stranger things heavy where they have like, uh, it's very, a little bit more fantasy heavy, but we have the main character who's going into another dimension to try to find this talisman to save his mother's life. Um, they're doing a spinoff of stranger things in some way, but they didn't, as far as I'm aware, give too many details into what that actually is, except for I did read somewhere that they said they're not actually doing it like they're just overseeing it but not full-on like they are with stranger things so kind of mm-hmm. curious of what a spin-off stranger things project would be the other one that are doing is a stranger things stage play which yes. i don't know where that is or yeah that'll be that'll be interesting to see how that develops um yeah and i don't know i guess that can't be on netflix or i guess it can but unless they want to go like the hamilton route and like just show us a recording of a play I mean, which which is cool. I mean, more people would see it that way. So, I mean, I guess that's something. And then the last one that you just reminded me of was a Death Note TV mm-hmm. show for Netflix, which I think is really interesting because they already have a Death Note movie that Netflix did a few years ago that everybody hated. So <laughs> that the reception was pretty poor on. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I found this interesting. This is just more evidence that the Duffer Brothers kind of have now become... I don't know if you want to call them pop pop culture phenomenon, like, you know, the next whoever you want to say Russo brothers or whatever, just very important and very sought after uh, creative minds to work with. So Netflix has kind of locked them up. They got their own studio upside down studios, fitting name for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested to see what they do uh, when given the power to kind of run their own show. As for like a Stranger Things spinoff, I think it'd be better to be served as like not dealing with any, not like a here's here's the Dustin show, you know what I mean? Like something something dealing in the same universe, but maybe new characters in like a new area, um, something else where something with the upside down is going on somewhere else in the country with a whole new group of kids or just one one adult or somebody else connected to the upside down in a different, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, I'd definitely be more interested in that than like a, just a character spinoff show. Um, Joey. Right. <laughs> Their version of Joey. <laughs> hey, it's Dustin. Uh, 
uh, uh, the show. <laughs> um, yeah, the Death Note stuff is interesting. It makes you wonder what that is, means to the Duffer Brothers. Like, are they just big fans of the manga or the old anime and they just finally want to do it right and saw that movie and like, ah, we can do this better. This will be better as a serialized show, like, you know, eight to 12 hours of Death Note instead of crammed into a two hour movie. That's what a lot of people complained about. It should have been. I just I've seen people say it's more fitting to be a show than a movie. So it'd be interesting to see what they uh, do with that. I don't know. It's cool news. But just with a quick sidebar on that, it's like, well, yeah, but it was an adaptation of a show. So like you had 26 episodes of Death Note as an anime. So of course, a movie is going to be condensed because it's a movie like so. Yes, of course, it's going to work better as a show. And of course, they had to cut stuff off to go from 26 hours to two. Sure. I mean, of course, I never watched the anime, but I watched the movie and I, I thought there was enough in that movie to entertain me all the way through it. They hit the points that I know that the anime was about. Yeah, of course, there's stuff that's missing, but I didn't know what it was. So I don't think it matters. Like, watch the anime. <laughs> if, right. if you want the full story, watch the anime. And I was always aware that if I want the full story, that's what I would watch. I haven't watched it because I was cool with the two hour cut. I got I got the gist. I was yeah. down. Um, so hating on some a project like that or doing stuff like that. It's just I mean, what do you want? You want a live action beat? shot for shot remake then what's what's the point of that yeah yeah it's, that's a good uh, you point. got willem yeah. defoe doing the voice of death i was cool with that yeah yeah and we'll see how that goes because yeah. it could also fall into the same pitfall that cowboy bebop recently did you know people were really excited about that show and that show like went down in flames uh people hated it when it came out and thought and now we're saying you know you should have never done this you should have left it as it was as an anime or or whatever so um it's a it's a sticky proposition like not a guaranteed success story even though it is the duffer brothers so we'll see no yeah there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to do it live action and do it justice at all for the fans out there i'll probably check it out because like i said i've never watched the anime so mm-hmm. sometimes it's best to not watch the source material and you can make your own opinions on it you know and then be like oh this is good. Right. Now, in other cases, like I just grabbed Sandman book one and I'm trying to power through that before Netflix gets its hand on Sandman, because I'd rather read that for the first time as a book because of one, the accolades that that book has gotten. And two, I have zero faith that Netflix is going to do anything good with it regardless. Um, so I'd rather before they ruin it, I'd rather <laughs> at least understand. And now the further that I'm reading into that, I cannot imagine in any way how they're going to adapt that into live action. Um, so I'm very interested to see it, but I'm so glad that I hit the source material first. So I guess it just depends on your interest in the source material. I never cared about Death Note. So watching the movie, I was cool. I don't need to watch the original. So um, there you go. If you know, switch it around. Yeah, we'll see what goes on with Sandman. I'm in the same boat with you. Not positive they're going to be able to truly capture the uh, essence of that book, but you know what prove me wrong netflix i would love them to prove me wrong because now like like i said the deeper i'm getting into that i'm loving it and it's just uh getting crazier and crazier for me to try to imagine it's kind of like reading saga knowing that they wrote it in a way that it can never be adapted which is 100 percent true with that one and i think sandman really feels almost that way to a point so not as insane but we'll see it's a tall order pretty close from what i've read so far so interested for all of those things that's just a random sidebar that i went down but i'd look forward mm-hmm. to keeping an eye on 
the Duffer Brothers upside down pictures and their first projects in the next couple of years and see what they how they expand their Netflix empire. You and I both. Good luck to them. Good luck at all. We will be here for it. So I think it's about time for us to talk about Stranger Things Volume 2. But before mm-hmm. we do, we want to let you know that this episode of Raise the Geek is sponsored by Anchor.fm. It is time to talk about Stranger Things Volume Dose, Volume 2. We, As we promised, we're going to have some special guests here. And we are joined right now. Normal Don is here. We're also I'm still here. Wa- Don's still here. Joined <laughs> by my wife, Chrissy. Hello. And... And this is my wife, Melanie. Hello. Yes. We've decided to have them on here. Uh, we all watched this show together, I guess, as married couples and all enjoyed it. So we figured, hey, let's have them on to <laughs> give some fresh opinions. You guys hear me and Chris talk enough. So <laughs> so time to get some other voices in here. So this should be fun. Right? Should be. <laughs> well, when your couple show overlaps with another couple show, I mean, what an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> We don't get that. We're not going to get this opportunity very much. Like we don't all watch uh, Obi-Wan or anything. So we found one. We found one that's going to work. Work for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. That we didn't force them to watch. Exactly. Exactly. A lot of times it's still been like, okay, you're going to watch this with me. And they're no, no. Or they walk away. This isn't Moon Knight or anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's a one and done. Like, I don't know, Chrissy, like, oh, do you want to watch this, like, insert any Marvel new anything here? And I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Sometimes after one, I'm like, ah, I think you're on your own on this one. Like, it's great. It's just not for me, so. Currently, Miss Marvel, like, you want to watch episode two with me? Nah. I was like, okay. The first one. It's, uh, it's great. That's one he could watch on his own. Yeah. yeah. I don't have the time. I'm very busy. <laughs> yeah, we haven't watched more than the first one, and I haven't even asked her yet if she wanted to watch more of it yet. We've, we've been in a Breaking Bad binge, so yeah. we're... Mm-hmm that's kind of been our take up for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Right. It has been. Yeah. I find myself falling asleep more often when we watch some of these new Marvel shows. Mm-hmm. It's just, and then I wake up and what are something, I'm like, yeah. I don't know what is going on and I don't really care to figure it out. Yeah. It's so. a sign <laughs> of a good show. <laughs> they're not all, they're not all winners anymore. Um, but that said, the ones that I've liked, I've really liked, you know, like Daredevil, we watched together. That one I loved. We watched Jessica Jones, Luke. Well, that was the old ones, but mm-hmm. yeah. Netflix great. ones. Yeah. Right. The Netflix now we're going one. on a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a non Stranger Things. Non Stranger <laughs> Things. So let's bring it back to Stranger yeah. Things. And one of the things to kind of get a feel for where we're, where we're at and where this conversation is going to go, it's curious of, uh, both of yours history with stranger things don and i have already talked about volume one we've talked a little bit about the show as the multiple times where it makes the headlines so we talk about it but kind of curious of where you all feel how you like the show what's your history with the show is this the first time you watched it have you watched it five times and you know every single thing you're going to make us look bad what do you what do you what do you all think uh-huh. whoever wants to go first uh sure so uh, i've i re- remember watching them in the when they, I guess, first came out, but I, I just saw that the season one came out in 2016, and I don't even remember watching the first one through that long ago. Um, mm. But I remember watching it and really, really liking season one. And then season two, I remember I was entertained by it, but Chris didn't like it. And sometimes his opinion influences me, and then I'm like, oh, maybe I didn't really like it either. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then season three was really hard for both of us to get through, and we both had a lot of issues with it. Um, and so... 
season four, we weren't even going to watch it until everybody was talking about how good it was. And then we were like, I guess we should give it a try. Mm -hmm. um, and so then we watched the, you know, volume one of season four and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good improvement on the show. You know, you watch things kind of progress and grow and it made me want to go back and rewatch the first seasons again. And so I actually did really quickly before volume two came out and rewatching really, really all quickly. of the seasons really yeah, quickly. because I'm really <laughs> good at binging things. It's a talent I have. Um, and, uh. and by the time I got back through even season three, which I originally thought was super dumb with this Russians. And I'm like, I don't, this is stupid. Now I was like, Oh, I completely get it. I understand. And it makes more sense. And now I actually kind of liked it. Um, nice. So now I've become a big fan of a lot more of the show and the stuff that I've now rewatched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I did not. I mean, we watched them all together as they came out as a season. So yeah, 2016, whatever they were. And I know I took that big break, but so I coming at it like big fan of season one it had that like goonies vibe kids on bikes flashlight tag like i love that whole vibe and i just you know whenever winona rider i'm a i have a soft spot for winona rider as a character and she was like i sort of forgot how the, the evolution of joyce right like she was a big draw for you know i think that was a big get for them and they were like winona riders in the show and they put her you know she was like flagship i mean obviously 11 became the star later but um, and just nervously smoking cigarettes the whole time. Like I was all in on season one. And then I think, yeah, I think season two, definitely like of the four seasons was slower, less happening, less exciting. And then I liked three got me pumped because it was like they kept showing us the mall and like the neon colors, right? Like the <laughs> promo. And I was like, oh, we're going to love this. It's going to be so referential. And it kind of wasn't. There were things that were good about it, especially looking now at season four, like how like yeah, the Russian stuff was like super campy. Like we did not have like the realistic Russia of season four and this. We had like <laughs> joke soldiers, you know? And so yeah. it was a little bit different in tone, but um, yeah, I definitely did not watch them more than once. Once, So I might not remember <laughs> all of the details, um, but they all feel very different. So I was excited for the season four, skeptical. I knew it was going to be more like gore, scary, they're older. So it was interesting to see like what the Duffer brothers did with tone each season, so. Yeah. yeah, that's my history. Watch them all once with this guy. Yeah, famously, Chris, you've said before, like you got you didn't uh, dig two and three that much. Like, we kind of had that conversation before. Um, but yeah, we talked about it with me. I kind of I kind of liked one, two and three one the most until now. Season four, I think we talked about has taken this next level jump. Um, and that's awesome. I'm I'm glad like it's successful. I want that show to kind of succeed. And I don't know. I think it kind of deserves all the praise it's getting right now. We'll get into it, what we like about it, but uh we all seem to have enjoyed ourselves throughout this entire series. Mostly, right? Yeah. Mostly. Mostly, mostly. And like <laughs> I said, her as as Chrissy just finished rewatching the whole thing, and then when I try to sleep at night. And she likes to tell me about what she watched. And uh, <laughs> while, so you're a lot of, while I'm trying to get to sleep. And then yeah. she'll be like, so in Stranger Things season two. And then she'll just start giving me theories. And I'm like, it's ASMR in his ear. Yeah, she's just whispering <laughs> it real quietly. I'm just like, yeah. I'm just like, what's going on right now? So I, I have a lot more insight and stuff. But she definitely did enjoy it a lot more. The second <laughs> yeah. season, she Maybe had to make me recaps. watch it. Like yeah. second season, she literally said, sit down and watch this and kind of just had it on. I, for whatever reason, just had zero interest in it yeah. at that yeah. time. But 
volume one, Don and I have talked about volume one. Did anything for part four, volume one, jump out to either of you that wants to just highlight before we jump into volume two? Something that you uh, liked, yeah. something that you didn't. I, I mean, I think it was cool that, I mean, obviously we enhanced the scale a lot with the locations and we're all over the map. And I mean, I think that was interesting, although Don and I both, again, we talk about this later, think that we spent entirely too much time in Russia and <laughs> still a little confused of the road trip and California and all that, but they had to be apart to be together. So it was cool to see them spread out production wise. And I know that that served a real practical purpose because of like COVID apparently of smaller crews, smaller sets, smaller groups of actors working together so that I think it was a good way to handle it. And I think just the character development volume one, you know, volume two, we knew it was going to be two episodes. So that's like the action. We knew mm. we we're into the action. So it's like they really had volume one to kind of do all the character development stuff, which I think they did. I mean, very well. Yeah, we talked about how uh, season four kind of took the character development and turned it up to an 11 or whatever the phrase is, but just they totally just went there with the characters this year. I think that's what made this season really good and why it's being received the best this show has ever been received now. You know what I mean? It's just the characters. Mm -hmm. my, I guess my, my first complaint with that one was the very beginning of the show when we're just getting started and they're resetting us up. I felt like because it had been so long since the end of season three, I had no idea where we were going and what was happening. And like mm -hmm. people are living in California and I'm like, why are they in California? What happened? Yeah. And yeah. then you've got this other girl and I'm like, who is this girl hanging out with Steve? And Chris is like, that's Robin. Don't you remember her? I'm like, no, because oh, it had yeah. been like two or three years or whatever since the last, I was like, I don't remember her at all. And so that was really <laughs> sad. So I, I really wished I had more set up to get me into the show. Mm -hmm. um, having seen season, the volume one and then going back and rewatching the end of season three, Mm -hmm. It brings things all around and gives it so much more meaning that I really loved it. And it made me like, oh, I wish I would have rewatched season three before because right. you already knew they were going to work at family video, which, you know, I love seeing family videos since I actually yeah. know what that is. Um, we don't have those in Texas, but I know what they yeah. are now because it's Chicago yeah. area. Um, but, um, but yeah, so much of that they set up and then like little inside jokes about like the girl that ends up singing the national anthem for the big basketball game and, uh, they had that going on in season three too because that was robin's first crush and they were kind of oh. making me, yeah that was when robin kind of was revealing to steve that she was obsessed with steve but not because she liked him because she liked this girl that always stared at steve and that's when steve starts making jokes about doesn't she sing like a muppet and then <laughs> yeah yes totally i remember that scene i did not remember yeah. that that was the anthem singer though that was a good yeah and then they showed her in season four i thought that was great um nice. but I didn't remember they moved to California either. Don's, Don's like, remember they moved? I was like, oh, okay. Like, like I just no. Accepted it. Like, okay, right. Makes sense. Yeah. I, well, I think it showed them like driving away, but it wasn't specific <laughs> on what was going to happen. So yeah. yeah, that was jarring to me too. Um, just yeah. being totally separate. It's like, why are, why is everyone apart? You know, why'd they split everybody up? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> took a minute there. So I'm with you on that. I think, I think my answer was, they moved. They clearly moved and they clearly had their reasons. So, I mean, they'll we'll figure out why they're in California. It doesn't matter if we remember. It was just more or less, hey, they're there now. So just figure it out. Just watch right. it from them being there. <laughs> right. But I did think that one of the best parts was that they, they seemed to realize what they had in the talent of Sadie Sink, right, who plays 
um, Mad Max, and she's just so great. And they featured her so heavily in that that first volume. And she kind of had her own episode there um, when she was with Vecna. And I thought that was just awesome and just gave this whole extra boost to the show. Um, and then just made me really excited to see what was going to happen next with it and what they're going to do. Did you but call her Mad Max? I did call her Mad Max. Why? She calls herself Mad Max. Yeah, those are, those are they nicknames. call her that. That's a nickname they call her Mad Max. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, yeah. I remember hearing that. Okay. I've I, watched it more than you. So I know you I, have. You just, you just threw Mad it Max is very topical. Like, I think that came out in 1984. So that was <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, why did, she, uh, why did she just throw out a Mad Max reference there? Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> No, I agree that uh, she was a standout. We kind of talked about that when we had our volume one conversation. She was a standout from uh, volume one. And actually, most of the kids uh, acting, just acting wise, kind of held their own with a show with kids when they're really young. It's always hit or miss. You know what I mean? Whether this kid is going to grow up and still be an actor. You know, we all know Mark from home improvement the kid grows up and can't act for nothing uh <laughs> you, have, you have that happen all the time so when a kid can like still that was, age, that's a very specific that's reference. your go-to <laughs> reference <laughs> that a lot and then i say michael fishman of roseanne for a second example yeah, oh yeah, the kid, yeah yeah the kid's terrible when he gets older casting uh, children is terrible but for the, all the kids <laughs> on this show they all kind of you know you can tell they are dedicated to the acting craft and didn't yeah, just none kinda... of them ta- none of them tank it which like you said when yeah. you have them there's always one or one or two good, which i love we i forgot that we saw erica in three but like i love that erica has a bigger role in four because right you know. she's erica, not sassy lucas's sister awesome. anymore Sinclair. yeah <clears throat> she was much more heavily featured in season three than i remembered since she actually was part of the you know, going down into the Russians area and, and all the stuff in the mall. Right. I was completely totally forgot about, about that. that. Yeah, me too. So I was like, man, that yeah, they had her in, in some stuff here. She's and she's awesome. Yeah. I do think that with like some of the characters, like you said, they they seem like they're they're uh, the, the actors, that their skills have improved and they've gotten more depth in their in their acting, but some of them not so much. Like it feels like the character is the same. Like Dustin just still feels like Dustin, but he's bigger. Yeah, that's true. You know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but yeah. they're this, it's the same character without a lot more depth to them. Yeah, he's still, he still is like, I don't want to call him the heart of the show because he's not really, but he's still just like the funny kid and they never really give him anything crazy yeah. important yeah. to do. Like he was very tied with um, Eddie this um, season and, and that whole thing. And- I think, no, I, I so his evolution, I think, is he used to see Steve as like a role model and Steve taught him how to be like confident, right? Did his hair and all this stuff. And then he kind of is more attracted to Eddie now, who's teaching him to be like, how to, he's just like accepts him. So he's like trying not to be a cool guy. He's trying to be himself now. He's trying to be more like Eddie. So I think that's the evolution of Dustin's character is like who he's been hanging out with, who he sees as like his big brother has changed mm-hmm. a little what, bit. Which is great, but he's still like, a comic relief character yeah. yeah for sure yeah but he is the smart one of the smart ones that figures a lot of stuff out yeah um, that too like, so i like yeah. that i like that yeah. they give him a good balance in that i think but when you're talking about the kids phoning in acting dustin with that limp at the end of the finale <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, we were both like man he's really selling that limp <laughs> like why doesn't he have crutches or in a wheelchair he's I mean, if he had never that bad. in his life like that's how you live well the thing i also thought about that which since you bring that up whatever uh how come dustin wasn't wanted by the whole town 
You know what I mean? He was part of the Hellfire Club in those pictures. They all demonized Eddie and had his pictures up and were like, Eddie Munson's evil. And on news report, like he's the leader of a cult. Dustin was in those pictures too. So you know what I mean? Lucas. So, so was Lucas. Right. So how come when they were and Mike? Yeah. So how come when Dustin's just walking around this like uh you know recovery area and <laughs> serving people meals, they're not like demon boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I there's there's a lot about the finale that we're going to dive into, and that oh, yeah. is one of them. So yeah. let's shift over to volume two, because clearly I didn't know what was going to happen in this, because my prediction was that Mike, who apparently in my head isn't a main character and has no family, um, is going to die, which I was told by this one here. <laughs> That when she listened to our episode about volume one and she said, you said Mike has no family. Nancy's his sister and his parents are the ones that they're always hanging out in the basement. He is the main character of the show. <laughs> How are you saying that he's going to be he has nothing, no attachments that we don't care about him if he dies. So I was way off with what was going to happen he, in volume two. Yeah, Chris forgot about his family completely. Yeah, you're you're bad on that one. I yeah. feel like I forgot to. I feel like you had to tell me Nancy Wheeler Wheeler. They're related. I was like, oh right, because I forgot to. Well, uh, when you were saying it, it sounded right to me, so I just went along with it. I was like, okay, I guess I guess Mike's just an orphan. No one cares about Mike. <laughs> That's one of my character notes. Is like Mike is the heart slash leader. Like, what did Mike do? In season four, like he did nothing. <laughs> he did nothing. Man, along for the ride. So, like when Will's giving them this heartfelt speech about, you know, he's the heart. I was like, what? <laughs> Where? See, I guess what Mike ends up being important to this is he's Eleven's motivation. He's Eleven's. He's he's the one who grounds her and brings her back to uh, let her know who she's a superhero. And Mike, like, has to did he do one. that or did Will do that next to him? Like, tell her, tell her to fight him. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, I really agree. I don't I don't see that anymore. I think in season one, right, when he was so invested in L and he was really kind of the center of their group. Um, And then in season two, he's the one that seemed to work the hardest to help save Will when -hmm. he was being possessed. But then when you get to the later seasons in three, then he's just this jackass who's just trying to figure out how to get a girlfriend and keep L from not breaking up with him. And then now in this one, they star you at the beginning of the season with him just being this dirty, lazy, gross teenage boy who is very self-centered. So I kind of really lose the idea that he's the heart heart of the show. And I keep wondering, why would these kids want to be friends with this guy in the first place? Yeah, yeah. I I just don't see it anymore. Mike, Mike hasn't had as much of a journey as maybe you'd hope, you know. Kind of. The others. Kind of. He just seemed like he was this season just kind of like too cool yeah like almost too cool for l like it just seemed like it was like well you were my girlfriend in the summer but now i'm i've grown up i don't want to play with you anymore and <laughs> let's 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 get rid of it. that's how it felt like volume two especially because they are volume one especially because they got older so seeing that age thing where he definitely looks older she looks older but not as much so there was almost like a gap between the two of them in my eyes so it just kind of seemed like it was one of those things like you you have a kid girlfriend and then when you get a little bit older you're like what was i thinking you need to go away you're weird you need to go away (laughs) well teenage boys at that age too are just like aloof and terrible so i mean teenage girls too but yeah (laughs) so maybe he was like too good of an actor or maybe he wasn't a great actor so they gave him less to do like chased by pennywise (laughs) 
so. I mean, his Adam's apple is like full blown. I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> that last scene when, you know, whatever, when Mopper's shaking his hand, I'm just like, I was going to say no spoilers. I'm like, it's all spoilers, but. Oh, yeah. We didn't, we didn't <laughs> I'm say like, you spoilers. are older now. We get it. Like, he's a man. So. <laughs> You're a man. His job was just to grow up. I don't know. But yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> something I noticed. Like, he didn't really lead. He didn't lead to me. No, I would I would almost argue that to Will is a lot more the heart of the group. He's the one that works the hardest to pull them all together and try to keep them together, at least when he still lived in the same t- in Hawkins. And now that he's gone, he's kind of got to do his own thing. But he was I think he was more the heart of their group. Yeah, I got some thoughts on Will once we get to season yeah. five, how they're going to end this show. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's I agree with that. So overall like volume two volume two uh do it for you to wrap up part four of stranger things well i don't want to say i don't want to start with the problem i know i'm leaning away because i'm like (laughs) baiting there's one thing that just really bothered me about the end of season two and it's that the kids have to come together and they're a group and they're planning and they're coordinating and there's code words and flashlights and maps and it's like all this detailed, coordinated plan that they put together, right? It's like walkie-talkies. And then at the end, they just never compare notes. They never talk about it. They don't talk about what happened. They all just separate. Seems very off-brand for this group is all I'm saying. I thought that was very shocking. They're like, oh, we'll talk about it later. No, go somewhere now and talk about what just happened. I thought there was a huge, like, I couldn't get past it. <laughs> Could not get past you wanted, it. You wanted to see the debrief after the adventure. Yeah, like they had that moment, Jonathan and Nancy, where he has an opportunity to tell the truth and he doesn't. Screw you, Jonathan. I thought that was gross. Um, but where they're like boarding up the house, like you guys can right now talk about what happened. And I'm trying to think of a specific, but you had that same oh, yeah, thing yeah. too, right? They didn't they didn't kind of uh I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but you're saying like they didn't all come in and discuss the plan at the end or anything it just kind of fit together too easily do you guys want to know what happened to eddie like the kids never right. ask like right. do you want to know what happened like what yeah. happened in the upside down they never yeah the whole group never gets together and talks. no about that it. was jarring that they did a two-day jump mm-hmm. so they're like hey the whole town blew yeah. up two days later and they're just at the cabin like let's clean and you're like wait I felt like there was a lot, like you're saying, there's a lot of information there that could have been shared of, of them coming back. And once again, like you said, without Eddie and all this other stuff, there's a lot of lot of missed opportunity that I don't know why they decided with an episode that was two and a half hours long to do a jump. Yeah. Why do you think it was two days later? Like why that specific amount of time? Just so it was like we got to the cool down period. Cause I forgot about that until you said that, that it was like two days later. And I looked at him like two days, like, okay, what significant thing happened in two days that we have to take a jump to that. Right. It's enough time for Eddie to be buried. And, and, uh, <laughs> so we're just not, but again, in that two days, you guys didn't like go to lunch and like talk about the upside down and like, that's when they did you. it. They just but didn't you, want to show us. But they had to give time for the kids that were in the van to, to make it back to Hawkins. So they can actually have the scene where they came together while, you know, the family is casually going through the donation boxes in the middle right. of a tragedy, but they're not evacuating or going anywhere. No. Um, but I don't know. Do you really want to keep this stuffed animal, but you can keep it or get rid of it. Just isn't there more important <laughs> things to talk about than whether or not right. you want yeah. childhood toys. Isn't like, Nancy just like holding her face and like shaking the chair? Like, like she, she knows like, what's coming. He showed yeah. her what's coming. She should be terrified and freaking like, out. Didn't, didn't Hawkins just get ripped apart? We're, we're busy. Uh, 
how did they even have power? Like the dad was just chilling, watching like infomercials, like the news is crazy. And you're just like, <laughs> he's just like chilling in his recliner, watching yeah. the news. And you're just five, just five of my golf buddies died. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of character development or lack thereof, what do you think about the fact that Mrs. Wheeler, who is like straight up, gonna have a affair on her husband with billy at the end of season three and dies is just like happily in her marriage again we're never talking about it like your wife is a jezebel like i thought that was strange that mrs wheeler never got uh any reprimanding for yeah. remember at the pool i do now but she like... did but she didn't actually she had decided she wasn't going to go through with it yeah. right so no. she was already telling billy like this isn't going to happen you know, this is I guess she not good. So she she did realize what she had in her life and didn't want to mess it up. Grumpy husband. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that was like midway through season three. So then even like the second half of it more was when Billy was really crazy and more under control of the mind flare. Um Billy unleashed. But, but yeah, he got really nuts. <laughs> Billy unleashed. But I thought that the whole as a whole, I liked the story progression. Um, I did like that we learned so much more about Elle. I did like that they were able to go ahead and and kind of get her back from like the military and kind of close down that section. They they did a final goodbye to you know Papa to where that cord was cut and she has to now stand on her own. And they they kind of progressed a lot of those things. We learned so much more about the strength of the group and everybody moving through to try to make this plan and like you know fight. Everybody's gotten so brave and going after things and somebody's character. I don't know why, but I keep thinking about like Harry Potter stuff. And you look at these characters, I look at Nancy and I'm like, she would still be a Gryffindor. If you look at these people, it just cracks me up um, to think about that. But Chris and I've talked about it a little bit too. Talk about that. Not that. <laughs> no. But we are non-Harry Potter people. So we're oh, like, okay. okay. Like we don't know. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know she, I didn't know like, she put things. It popped in my head. I don't know why. Um, I didn't know that's how she looked at the world. But I think one of the things <laughs> he likes to talk about magical is that the episodes were so long and mm -hmm. they were so poorly paced, right? To where so much of it, you just felt like they could have done a little better job cutting things mm -hmm. with the show. And like you would watch certain scenes that just would drag on and you're like, you know, we could finish this up and then go do something else. Yeah. So to yeah. me, that was a big part of yeah. lack of enjoyment for volume two, even though I was able to... Under enjoy a lot of it i was sitting next to chris who the whole time was like fiddling and fidgety and grabbing his ipad and doing other things and you're like yeah i can see you're not fully enjoying this well, I, I i was i was enjoying it and watching it i'm like okay cool stuff's happening and i was kind of getting into it and i was like we've been watching this a while we got to be almost done and then i paused it for a second to check the timer and it was like an hour 10 minutes left i was like <laughs> What? Now we're <laughs> 10 minutes left. I was going to ask you guys, did you watch the, it all, like the episodes in one sitting? So like we, the last episode? Oh, yeah. We broke it up because I can't do two and a half hours. We watched the first episode, the 90 minute episode on its own. Then we watched about a half an hour of the, and that was where I was even coming into it. And I'm sitting there like we watched a half an hour for 20 minutes and then came back the next day to finish it or to watch more of it. And we ended up finishing it, but we were already like 30 minutes in. And then I felt like we were watching it forever. And when I checked it, it was only like another 30 minutes that we watched it. So I'm like, wait, I've only been sitting here for 40 minutes, but I feel like this should be over. So it just yeah. kind of threw me off. Yeah, that was one of my, our biggest gripes was the time. And like you said, the pacing was affected by those last two being so long. I mean, two episodes, 
spanning four hours is just too much you could have split that into three episodes maybe found a natural breaking found more of a natural breaking point where you know give people a break restart come in with a new episode um i mean it's ambitious of them to kind of do that for tv but yeah it was it was it was too much uh that is one of my little gripes with this but since you're asking about like overall thoughts on volume two i thought it was you know a fitting way to kind of end season four um i i i do like the split that we had with the uh, volume one and then there's however long we took in between uh what was it like two or three weeks um maybe a month before this volume two came out mm-hmm. i feel like it made it more um suspenseful for us as viewers to kind of well, people can't sit here and binge the whole thing and then talk about it on the internet. You know, it gave us that time as a viewing audience to be like, Ooh, what's going to happen. Let's make some theories. Let's, let's let this stew a little bit before we know exactly everyone's fate. You know what I mean? Cause who's going to die. What's going to happen to people. Yeah. Um, let us all have a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, I do like that. Most of the storylines finally got tied together and brought together at the end me and you talked about that there was like too much stuff going on when people separated so the fact that they all kind of did bring them together and maybe put the focus a little more on hawkins now which we all kind of agree i think was the strongest part of this entire season was the hawkins what else i'm glad that mostly all the main characters kind of got their moment maybe more so than volume one like finally we got to see um lucas have a little bit more to do you know what i mean where he kind of maybe was ignored a little bit in volume one and uh like we said the will and and the um will and jonathan had their moment as well which we said jonathan is mostly ignored he's like the most ignored character in volume four um, i did not like that jonathan sorry to interrupt you but no good par- part of it right is that we conversation Jump in. <laughs> jonathan's whole like plot development is he became a stoner like and he's addicted to pot or whatever, and he's hanging out with Eduardo or not Eduardo. Argyle. 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 <laughs> we never talked about Argyle. Great addition. I thought his hair was fake. It's his real hair. That guy's killing it. Like that actor's killing it. Um, but just that, like, oh, he has no motivation and he hasn't grown or whatever because he found pot. And I just thought that was like a weak way to make him shitty. <laughs> That's all. I in a different way, though. Like I saw it as as in back in Hawkins, he had to be the man of the house. He had to take care of his mom. He had to take care of his brother. And now they're they're in a better place and then doing doing better. And so he's able to like cut himself some slack and relax and not be the one in charge anymore. And he can kind of be a kid a little bit. And sure. so I kind of that's kind of where I saw him going as someone who's exploring who he is and, and just kind of like you said, he's changing his college plans. He's just kind of trying to relax. Yeah. And he can still step up and be a big brother and a good good kid when he needs to be, but yeah. Let him, no, let him, let him have his moment. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I think is like volume two Jonathan just was more interesting to me than volume one Jonathan, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um they actually made him kind of have some depth, a little more depth and emotion yeah. than just being like, you know, off to the side freaking out with Mike about stuff. Uh yeah, so. I don't know. I think I think this volume two was a good way to kind of wrap this season. And I really liked it. I don't know. You, Chris, what did you think of volume two? It was too long. OK, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I liked a lot of the things that they hit. I just think the pacing kind of really threw it off for me um, that there was a lot of downtime and it took them a lot, of, a lot, a long time to get 
somewhere for a lot of things, especially when we got into the Vecna of it and he had some monologues and even Chrissy today was like, oh yeah, well he said this to 11. I was like, his monologue was so damn long. I don't know what he was saying. I stopped listening halfway through cause he talked slow and just, like I said, the pacing was just th always threw me off. So it was very easy for me to zone out. So um, overall I enjoyed it. This was, a, I enjoyed the whole part four a lot. Um, I did enjoy it more than the previous ones, even though, like I said, with her rewatching them, I've kind of gotten a different understanding of what my initial thoughts were versus what the show actually is. Um, so it's, I've enjoyed Stranger Things a lot more this time around than I have in years. So I definitely had a good time, mostly. There you go. <laughs> but someone we never talk about, for whatever reason, is L. And L is the main character, but like volume one, I don't even think we talked about her at all when we had our, our whole episode about volume one. Um, but like her story took a long, a lot happened for her in this episode and or in this season mm. that I don't think anybody's really talking about. Because all I see online is Max. All I see online is Eddie. And all I see online is Vecna. They're like kind of the main talking points right now. But L separated from Papa in volume two and kind of is out into the world on her own hundred percent. Now we got a full backstory now from volume one of her as a small child and be, being in the lab and what it was like to live in that, where we were introduced to Henry who then 11 turned into Vecna and opened up the portal into the upside, upside down. 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 I was about to say the unknown. I don't know where that was coming from. <laughs> into the unknown, into the unknown, um, into the upside down, which I have it written right here. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, how did, how did we feel about Eleven and then really tying it in with, as we start talking about the relationships, these characters with Vecna, because now we have this giant, we know who the big bad is now for this whole series. You know, Vecna has been behind it all. We now know who Vecna is. This season headlines were kind of dominated by other characters, not Eleven, even though it is her show, really. Uh, but I think we did talk about in our first conversation that, um, Millie Bobby Brown has been good in this show from season one till now. And and she still is, you know, say what you want about Mike being the heart of the show. She's, she's the heart of the show. Like either way, you kind of slice it. Um, so yeah, I was a big fan of her character and the development. And we kind of talked about, I like how she's, you know, can use her speech now more and they've shown the growth of her and, her powers i know complete sentences <laughs> yeah she can talk in complete <laughs> sentences now unlike before just a little uh broken speech but um yeah i'm a big fan i i think everything going on with that character has been great um i didn't like i'll say this now while i just have it on the top of my mind the the papa episode which i guess was in volume two wasn't that the first one it was called papa yeah. so it was about him and their relationship and uh like you said, her kind of finding her way without him and they had this love hate relationship. I don't like that. the show, I don't like that. The show kind of tried to make me feel bad for him as a character dying. Like, I don't care about Papa. He's been a jag this entire time. Like, <laughs> don't, don't try to make me feel bad that he's dying there and the camera's on him. And it's supposed to be this big, meaningful uh, death. Like, I'm happy. He's a child torturer. <laughs> I, I was like, why do we feel bad for this guy? Yeah, I didn't, See, I didn't uh, think you needed to feel bad for him. Like, I didn't even, oh, I mean, maybe I'm just heartless, but I felt nothing. And yeah. but even, even like 11, where he's like begging her for forgiveness and she's like, no. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, say it, I need to hear you say 
whatever he wanted her to say. I don't remember. And but she wanted like basically her forgiveness, and she just kind of was like bye, and just was like done. So I mean, I it's like I think you're supposed to feel sympathy in a way where you're just like, oh, you know, this man is kind of regretting everything that he did in his dying moments, but. I didn't feel like they wanted my sympathy because they obviously weren't getting it and they didn't get yours either. So, I mean, I don't think if they were, that was what they were going for, they chose poorly. But uh, since 11 didn't forgive him in that moment and kind of just let him die with all of his sins intact, it kind of, I I thought that they weren't really going for sympathy there. No, I I just felt like it was a moment they were trying to force me to have. Yeah, for Papa, a character right. I don't care about. Well, and that scene would have played totally differently if I was screaming at the TV when Paul Reiser's character like stood up to Doctor Brenner and was like, "No, we said that we were not going to do that. They were going to have a choice." Like, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then of course, you know, uh, Matthew Modine's character did whatever he wants. If that scene would have gone differently and he would have agreed. Or if she would have had that scene dying with Paul Reiser's character who had this beautiful relationship with her, I would have felt something. But it was those two scenes together. Like he just a minute ago sold you out and was going to like keep you captive. So I think though that the scene with him dying was more for Elle, right? So we weren't supposed to really care about Brenner and him dying. I think it was more that we're supposed to see that Elle is cutting that cord. Elle is letting go of him. Elle is no longer going to let him like dominate her life. And always had that that like I don't know Stockholm syndrome or something like he's he's the yeah. you know right. he's her he's her right. captor. Yeah. And her yeah. This is this is her finally saying I'm done with you. You are gone, and I'm going to stand up and be my own person. Now whether right. or not she how well she can do that and how well she can start to expand and learn more about her powers without him to teach her that becomes the question of season five. I think right. is can she get stronger? Can she get better? Is L ready for a battle against Vecna? Doesn't look like it. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, she forgot she had superpowers in the middle of this episode when he tied her to a wall and she's just like, oh, I'm stuck. And I'm like, well, just use your powers. And she just (laughs) stayed there tied to the wall. Like, I'm okay with it until Mike was like, I believe in you. And he (laughs) like being her heart. But I mean, she completely forgot that she was powerful. Yeah. <laughs> that like, was a little weird. <laughs> she ready weird. to jump into this full-on final battle that we're heading into at this point? I mean, I guess we're gonna kind of have to see, and we'll talk about it when we think talk about what we think is gonna happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they're gonna make this time jump kind of thing work if if that those rumors are true, but uh I don't know. I I was I was impressed with her journey, like I said, mm-hmm. and is she ready? I don't know. You you said you don't think she's ready. She didn't no. seem like it. Okay. She, I don't know. Like I said, she forgot she had superpowers in the middle of the fight. She was like, whoops. <laughs> and then it was like the only reason they were able to pull this out is because of what Joyce and Hopper were doing in Russia, setting mm. everybody on fire. What, you know, Robin and Steve and Nancy were doing where they were able to, to start, start shooting and fighting. Um, they, as a team that comes together, I think is where the strength lies and it's probably yeah. how they're going to ultimately beat Vecna in season five is because they they are a team. If it is Vecna, which. What do you mean if it is? <laughs> well, I've been confused as the show is kind of trying to figure out who the main villain is. Did they have they said that it, it is Vecna or is it still the mind flayer is like above him? 
and because they kind of made it seem like Vecna is the general and the mind flayer is still the you know that's the main that's what she that's what they all saw off on the horizon again is the mind flayer now right am i that's controlling will right the mind flayer no but he's like the one behind the entire upside down or is vecna behind the entire you know what i'm trying to say yeah that's they they said those things in the beginning of the i think volume one right they talked about Mm -hmm. that but then um when when vecna was talking to l there toward the end they made that realization that Vecna, it's been him all along. And he's the one that came into this dimension that she pushed him into. And then he shaped it the way that he needed to. So he actually is the creator of the mind flayer. And so the mind flayer has now been made in the essence of the spiders that he was obsessed with as a child, like the black widows. Um, And so really it's him who has, it's Vecna who has come on and, created this world and ultimately it seems that his big thing is that he wants to get l for what she did to him in the beginning but also because he was training her and grooming her and wanted her to join him and the two of them together would take on the world but then she rejected him and pushed him into the upside down that's why he's gonna so, come to will now because he can't get 11 so that's his whole thing has just been him trying to get take over the world but also to get back at 11 yes yeah part of that just I'm still fuzzy about because I just in my mind it's I when Henry is a boy right in the flashbacks he's drawing the pictures and it's like a perfect picture of the mind flayer was he just drawing the spiders he saw or was the mind flayer already exist in his mind because he created them well I don't know I don't remember the pictures he the the, there's parallel there's parallel no but not cavill <laughs> henry cavill henry, henry creel henry creel there's parallels between the <laughs> pictures that henry drew as a boy as to what will has drawn when he was drawing the mind flare you know what i'm talking about okay they both basically drew the same picture uh of the mind flare so i don't know i i would love if vecna was the the big bad i hope i hope that is true uh and he's <laughs> back in season five i mean he'll be back but I don't know. I've loved him as a villain. I think he's the strongest villain this show has had. Volume well, I did. I was gonna say I did read an interview with the the actor that plays him. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't remember the full name. Jamie something. Yes. Um, and that's pretty much what he was saying is that Vecna is the big bad. Vecna okay. is the one in charge over all of these things, and that well, he is now good. he is now what recovering and and planning and stewing, and he'll be back. Okay. Um, and so they're very yeah, excited. We would all understand it more if we played Dungeons and Dragons. Because like none of, well, I don't want to speak to anybody, but I'm pretty sure none of us played Dungeons and Dragons. Chris Midos. Did you? I tried. I tried <laughs> to play. And then everybody got stoned. And we put on adventure music. Like it was crazy. But then everybody, I was trying to lead. And then everybody got stoned and fixated on like the most minute ruling. And we just kind of ended up we had a good time but it was there wasn't nearly enough focus going on to actually get anywhere so we spent a long lot of time in just like one wooded area with one set of goblins and it just kind of we never got past that because everybody got distracted so then i think we ended up playing zombie dice there you go (laughs) there you go um that was kind of that but yes there are supposedly theories 
of like D and D, and like because all of these main characters are based upon D and D characters, that's how the the kids are naming them. They're like, if you look up the lore of Vecna, it follows closely to the show and the things that they're doing. And apparently, with a lot of the other creatures and things that are D and D, they've followed very closely to the lore of D and D with creating these characters as well as the naming. So supposedly, there's lo- long fan theories out there of the D&D connection and where the show is going based upon how those characters are handled in D&D lore. I never looked into it, but yeah, I don't know. That was the thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. That's cool. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with Vecna being the, the villain, the big bad of the entire show and being here in season five. Cause like I said, he's been the best villain the show has had. Um, everything and else. Then, is just- it helps that he talks. Yeah. Well, they've all been like mindless creatures up until now. And he's actually like a person with depth and personality. And and it, that just makes it scarier to me than just fighting like a, a demigorgon just running at you and growling. So uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan. Um, I, asked, I asked Chris this earlier and I said, so if that's the thing, right? So the Vecna is the ultimate bad. And mm-hmm. he really is a guy from our own dimension who got pushed to another one. Is it scarier that he is the bad guy or would it be scarier to think of this like entity from another dimension who's trying to get into our dimension and take over? So it's like, what, what actually is the scarier way to think about it? It's a good question. I feel like he's from, he's a former human. He used to be a human, but now he is like the demon boss or whatever. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Thoughts on Vecna? Deep sigh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You guys have got me thinking about a lot of things now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I still am the experiments and the training of the children. I feel like I would like to know a little bit more about what they're actually training them to do. Like we see her crush a can and we know it's like telekinesis and can slamming people and the Russians are interested because they can move people also connected to monsters like do they want these children to like control the monsters are they trying to turn these children into i i guess i i don't really relate with vecna slash one like becoming vecna because i don't really understand what they're being trained to do i don't know that was mm-hmm. something that we show them in that day room doing these kind of weird games and stuff but it's like what are they what are they using these kids for we know they're taking them from their parents it doesn't seem like it's based on potential this is a question that i was asking don was like so the, the kids that are in this compound are like trained and that's why they can do the things they want. But like, does every human child have this potential if they have the proper training? Like if Will was trained, could he become another 11? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, that's where I, I kind of miss a little bit. Like I didn't disconnected from Vecna a little bit. Cause I'm like, what did they want this kid to do? Like what did one, cause he got too strong. Right. Was that, did I hear that right? Like he got too powerful and that's why he. Well, it was kicked. never. They never really, I guess, explored. Maybe they did, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you watched more of it <laughs> recently. But it's like, what were they trying to get those kids in that lab to eventually be? I think they wanted them to be assassins. They were training them to be able to psychically kill or people spies. or spies and assassins, so they could kill someone without being in the same room as them. Because also kn- to be able to overhear and spy on them and see what are they saying what are they doing you know they'd be able to potentially see what the russians were doing right this is the height of the cold war and they're trying to figure out whatever they could to get the commies so right 
yeah because that, that lab that lab was associated with like an undercover cia kind of a thing right mm-hmm. the cia was bankrolling the, the lab or something yeah. like that i think so all right it's all coming back to me now okay. a little bit yeah yeah so oh, something along crazy. those lines where they want him to be spies slash assassins. assassins sounds all right so if henry started making them nervous yeah he was just a little too murderous a yeah. little too uh a little too crazy he enjoyed so it a little the, too much the fact that hawkins is a gate and the creole house is in this spot and the trailer park is in the spot is that just a geographic coincidence what do we think the locations are tied to well because henry his family was from hawkins right but like he said the house was haunted that's why he or not haunted but like if I remember that flashback correctly, like Henry didn't feel those things before they moved into that house. They tied it to the house. They tied it to Hawkins. Like, why is Hawkins the hotbed? The chicken before the egg. Like, was Hawkins a hotbed because Henry Creel slash one was there? Or was Hawkins already a hotbed and he just happened to be there? Theories? Don't know. <laughs> See, because I didn't I didn't even think there there they knew about the upside down. There was no gate. There was nothing to do with that until L opened that gate. And then they were like, oh, what did she just do? And so mm-hmm. I think after that is when they started trying to harness these things. And mm-hmm. it just so happened that the Creole family moved into a house in Hawkins, and then that's where the big lab was. Um, but I didn't get that they even knew about the Upside Down until after Elle did that. She's the catalyst. So long answer, we don't know. That's a yeah. very good question. <laughs> no, my head. Now my brain hurts. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's a very good question. But yeah, I don't know if we've got that full answer. Yeah. Now, but as I mean. Hawkins has been ripped into fourths, mm-hmm. which the town doesn't seem to care about, but no, they don't. Yeah, no. they're just like, let's have let's have fundraisers and let's mm-hmm. make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um <laughs> that's probably like what would happen though. Like nowadays, like teas and peas and like here's some blankets and like you send your text your ten dollars to the Red Cross and you're like, I'm good. So probably not that far off. But this is 1986. Should have been a bigger deal. So people cared so. more back then. People cared more then. Well, probably not because you know it would have only been contained to that small area. Yeah. You know, I don't know if that would have been worldwide news. Yeah. This is yeah. Pre, this is pre Twitter and pre uh, social media and random yeah. memes and all this yeah. misinformation. Right. We had a lot of pairings relationships you know nancy steve jonathan dustin eddie does anybody jump out to you as your favorite pairing or anything that you wanted to honorable mention about the pairings of characters within part four i think the show wanted us to like the dustin eddie pairing a lot which i did i mean i we talked about in our first first talk about volume one that we like eddie as a newcomer to this but i I don't know if it was kind of just more of a surface relationship that didn't really in the end. Some people seem to online and wherever else care more about Eddie's death than I did. I mean, it was whatever, kind of sad, but he's a new character that just popped up and like I didn't feel too much of a connection to Eddie. So I don't know. Their their kind of thing was fun, but just a surface relationship. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Am I on an island with this one? Everyone else loved Eddie more than me. But uh, I don't know, that one was fine. And then I liked the the Will Mike stuff was a long time coming. Kind of like they needed to sit down and kind of have their conversation. And they finally did. And we'll see where that goes when the show gets further. But um, 
you know, some of that, some of the stuff early on in volume one with, with Will and Mike is like some heartbreaking, like emotional stuff. And for them to finally kind of sort it out a little bit and, and, you know, kind of dig a little deeper into their relationship is, and, you know, and then Will also with Jonathan, bottom line is I'm glad that Will finally got some more play in volume two, because man, I don't know. He might be the most talented actor. I think, um, say what you will at the end of the day of all the like kids and i'm glad i got to see him kind of do some more stuff so yeah i don't know relationships crickets <laughs> no you're good i would i would build a little too on on i think the will jonathan relationship i agree will the, the was it noah shap i think that plays him is yeah. just the he's one of the most talented ones on the show like this kid is great um, he, he was a standout for season two and now here in the season he's kind of been sidelined a lot to just like touching the back of his neck and and i feel him coming <laughs> um but when he has these moments where his he's trying to figure out who he is and express his feelings and then you've got this these scenes now where jonathan is watching him and and he sees him right that's all everybody really wants is to be seen and he has this brother who really is trying to make that effort um to me that is one of the strongest relationships that we see developed on the show. And I really love that a lot. So yeah, yeah that, that little, that little, great. that little five minute scene they got together was much needed. Yeah. You know, for a relationship that was been kind of been ignored for a long time. Uh, so that was, I, I agree. I really liked that one a lot. What do you got? Well, okay. So you just talk about Dustin's relationship to Eddie and I mm-hmm. think you cannot, it is a thruple. You cannot talk about <laughs> Eddie and uh and dustin without talking about steve i think steve has had the biggest growth i was not a steve fan season one he's a bully he smokes he drinks he's mean to nancy he breaks jonathan's camera right like he's a disgrace mm-hmm. season two he gets his ha- ass handed to him um in uh when he with the baseball bat by um billy mayfield like beats him up and this is like the fall of Steve in season two, right? Nancy calls him bullshit. He starts hanging out with Dustin, but then he's like a good guy. He tries to protect the kids. He's a good babysitter. And ultimately, you know, he ends up protecting them, right? And then he's big brother. Right. Season three, we have Scoops Ahoy Steve, right? He like kind of realized what he's become. He's like eye candy, man candy. He's just like a head of hair, right? Like, I think he realizes like I live a vapid existence. Um, but then he fights a grown man, that Russian soldier. And he's brave, Steve. Um, and he's like low-key funny. Like I found, you know, he's drugged in season three. Like that's funny, Steve. And then <laughs> season four is like, you see Steve be real for the first time. He's like, he's real with Nancy. He's real with Eddie. Him and Eddie had that moment in the woods. That's a relationship. They had their John Hughes moment. We're like, hey, we're different characters from different sides of the track, but we all bleed the same and feel the same <laughs> things. And I thought that was a good moment between the both of them and like i'm with you that i don't care that eddie died which sounds weird but like i did care about eddie (laughs) as a as a person and i've the little things i've read about the duffer brothers have said that like that character character actor can't talk uh was named joe quinn or joe quinn yeah yeah Mm -hmm. joe quinn like they originally made steve and him like enemies and like would have more fights but like he ended up being so likable that they like cut a lot of that for time and that they were trying to cast you and I got Robert Downey Jr. vibes from them. We both said that, like a young Robert Downey Jr. Right. The quirkiness. The Devil Brothers said they were looking for a young Quentin Tarantino, which I found interesting. Like someone who's like 
annoying but passionate so like you don't hate him and they said that the actor joe quinn like he was the only character that came in and did that scene where he's he jumps up on the cafeteria table and was the only character that they didn't want to punch in the face like he was the only guy that like this is it. so he really shaped a lot of what that was and i like the evolution of these male characters like in a non-toxic masculinity way which was refreshing um i, I like the way a lot of the women were written too but that's we're not talking about that but like I, I enjoyed that yeah. Uh, pairing. Well, yeah, you said thruple. it's a, a thruple. A right? thruple. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Steven, Steven uh, Dustin has been a solid pairing since this show, season two, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, who does not love Dustin and Steve together? They just play off each other so well. They do. Uh, yeah. What about you, Chris? What, 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 do you, what yeah. kind of couple do you want to talk about here? <laughs> I don't... Well, I liked... I liked Max this season. I thought she really got a lot. And I mean, I guess you could pair her with Lucas if you need to pair her with someone. But I mean, even just Max and Vecna as a right. pairing, because yeah. um, they were tied very closely in this <clears throat> part four. And I just, I really thought Max owned, a, I mean, most of volume one and even a chunk of volume two. They did a lot of attention with her. And her, she was kind of part of the Hawkins story that was kind of my favorite part of volume one. But even here, just, you know, her with her headset on and just kind of doing her thing. So I really thought she shined a lot in uh, <clears throat> volume two or just this season overall um, was kind of where I jumped to um, looking through the rest of the characters. To what try about to see. Uh, Hopper's relationship with himself? He's really grown in that Russian prison. Am I right? Mm -hmm. He's like a different person. I want to know. They had to make jokes about his real life weight loss. Like they made a times. lot of jokes about his weight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I used to be fat. I get it. Like, <laughs> yeah. try to explain it. Yeah. And he's invincible, apparently. Cause like <laughs> that dude, I mean, he didn't he break his ankle to break out of prison and he was walking around fine. And then he broke his ribs and he was fine. And then he, I mean, like that dude brushes off injuries. Yeah, he just like spent Superman. this whole season pretty much just getting his ass break, breaking it. Yeah. A and lot. Like, a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah. That was and, one thing that I spent, that I think we spent a little too much time on. We spent a little too much time on Hopper getting his ass beat constantly. We're like, we get it. He's in a brutal place. Like, got it. And them trying to leave, like, with the helicopter. And is it going to worry? I'm like, we just need to get them in. We need to get them out of here. Like, we're spending too much time trying to get them out. It felt like a little bit of a slow. And then all of that, getting them out just to have them stay anyways. I'm like, what was the point of that? What was the point of all that? We got to break back in the prison. Right, like, just stay there. Why did we, get <laughs> like, why did we, the whole helicopter thing, all that was pointless with Yuri and all that. They just needed the helicopter to get, to know that they were actually leaving. So the helicopter could come back at the end to be like, I'm Yuri, I'm cool. Yeah. And pick him up. Yuri. They could have just sent Yuri away and be like, hey, Yuri, go get us a ride. He'd be like, all right. And then he just comes back at the end. And they could have just made jokes back and forth going, you think he's coming? Nah, he ain't coming. They, um, just, they could have just never shown us that and just shown them back at like the airport. Like we're back. Like we would have believed it, you know? Yeah, like, oh, I guess a, they hopped a commercial flight. From <laughs> we had a two day jump. Anything could have happened. Yeah. Delta probably fl flew there back in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did anybody fly? Uh, was there commercial flights to Russia in the eighties? I don't know. Well, that's that's the other one relationship that I guess we can kind of talk about that's been through the show is Hopper and Joyce. It's tied in very heavily to Russia in this season, obviously, but me not being a big fan of what was going on in Russia, I didn't really like get too much out of their uh, their scenes together. Like, I know it's supposed to be like, oh, they finally kissed and they agreed to have a date. I just I don't know. 
did those fall flat to anybody else or was it i don't know yeah something about it yeah. something about it just felt kind of uh just uninteresting at least Maybe you it's they, in Russia. i don't know they kind of come into this thing where where it seems like joyce and hopper are just this this couple who's in love and mm. you kind of are like when did that happen Right. When did they fall in love and if you go back and rewatch season three which i did yeah. you see that he develops a crush on her but she always seems to brush it off because she is too busy and she's too focused on the other things that are going on in her life and then they finally like she he's she's trying to understand why her magnets aren't sticking to things and and are there's the gate open again what's happening in my town and he's trying to get her to go on a date with him yeah she's not or worried she's, about Hopper. she stands him up you know yeah it well, and her so, boyfriend just got ripped apart by like dog like yeah whatever she's, those she's worried about bob bob that's right well, she was that was season that's two a good, that's a good point though from <laughs> season three where she's freaking out about the magnets and again season one where she's like chain smoking like when did unhinged joyce become like totally rational reasonable she's super calm in russia like super chill that was that was i did notice <laughs> that a little bit like, that was bob that was season two after will was okay and she started this healthy relationship with Bob. Like season two was when she was really at her best. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then when she lost him, she kind of started going a little crazy in season three. And then her and Hopper did have like this heartfelt moment, like very at the end, right before he, you know, like disappeared. Before he blew up. Yeah. And so then you're like, well, did she just spend the last however many months pining after him? Right. Thinking that he was dead, but then now he's alive and she suddenly wants to, to start a relationship with him immediately. It, it felt a little odd to me. Yeah. They never addressed the fact that she lives in California now and he lives in Hollywood. Or yeah. no, wait. He was yeah, dead. Yeah, they're separated. Well, he was yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah, he was he she thought he was dead. That's right. part of why. Well, no, but I mean, like in the when they're talking about going on this date, like, oh, how are we gonna make our relationship work long term with our children that we live in across the country? Like they're not they don't talk about that. They're just think, gonna I have a date and everything's gonna be fine. I think we're supposed to assume that the the buyer's family is gonna be moving back to Hawkins. That's what I would think. Let's all move to California instead. Get the yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, let's move back to this town. Get that's out of there. Fire. Yeah. Or like two towns over, everybody keeps their same job. I don't know. Can we just, can anyone move just outside <laughs> of the city limits of Hawkins and be safe? Is it like Castle Rock, Stephen King style, where it's like just in the border is crazy? Max can't move. She's poor. She can't afford it. She can't go with them. <laughs> Wait, good point. I forgot. Poor people, poor people cannot move. Max it's a trailer. Drive it. And what is going to, I mean, we'll talk about it. But Max is in a coma. She's not going anywhere. anywhere. What is the, what is the deal with Max? She's what in a coma. She's going to wake up. They were too afraid to pull the trigger and actually get rid of her. Should have. It would have yeah. been much more of a shock. Yeah. If she was gone. That's um, what I was going to kind of say. Is, yeah. Unlike Eddie's death, which I still keep coming back to. Right. Cause I loved Eddie. I really did. Like he had this way of looking at the camera and you just yeah. felt like, I want to know this guy. And then he finally has this moment, right, where he wants to be brave and he just does it in the most stupid way where I'm like, this is when you do run. This is not when you stop and try to, to fight. Play a guitar solo? Oh. You mean a badass oh. way? I just... No, no, no. When he was, he was running, right? He was running away and then he stopped and he held his big nail shield at the bats and they were all flying at him and then they gored him and they killed him. But that's when you do run away from them and don't let them kill you. So it kind of felt like he died a pointless death to me. And that's yeah. why I was like, I'm not going to run away anymore, Dustin. Like, this is, for, yeah. this is for my soul. But here's the thing. he That was his whole thing is, you know, his last dying words to Dustin are, I didn't run away this time, right? But I'm thinking, like, 
we all would have run away. You should have. That. You should have. <laughs> a true hero would have ran. Like you're not a coward. You're smart. Like what you to fight another day. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. How come they killed Eddie and they didn't kill Dustin? Because, like Chris just said, they're too cowardly to not cowardly, but <laughs> they're gonna kill the not ready to. No, the show... bats. Oh, the bats. Well, he was. The bats were chasing Eddie, not Dustin was in the... And as soon as they killed Eddie, why didn't they just instantly kill Dustin? Because the bats all died when they killed Vecna. So that timing. Ooh, if Eddie would have just held on an extra three seconds, he would have been fine. Eddie would have just climbed into the other side with Dustin and just left. He would have been fine, too. I mean, like... Yeah, that's kind of a dumb death. Yeah, it was kind of pointless. I mean, you knew they were going to kill somebody, but... um... If he would have died for a reason, I would have been completely okay with it. But because yeah. it just seemed pointless, that's when I have a problem. Right. Yeah, committing well, suicide to be a hero is kind yeah. of weird. But no, no, Vecna's still out there. Nobody won this. No one has died for a reason. Like, no, nothing is solved at the I end mean, of the season. I mean, for them saying like, the body count is going to be big on this show, in this, they kind of lied because it's like, okay, it's just Papa and Eddie. That's like your big, like Chris is kind of saying, the show hasn't gone there yet mm-hmm. to a point where like we were kind of hoping in our predictions for for volume two chris said you know mike's gonna die i'm like will's gonna die they're finally gonna do it this show feels like they're on their way there it's more mature it's 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 a horror show and they didn't do it man they, they, they killed the bully that we didn't catch that first time they got burned up in the earthquake yeah jason which i hated him more than vecna <laughs> but uh god is there anything worse than a yeah jock with a microphone <laughs> right but i don't know <laughs> with with they kind of took they kind of took max there again like got her as close to death as possible but it to you is this just like a cop out like they couldn't they couldn't pull like you said chris pull the trigger on actually taking down one of the main the like the core kids do you think they should have would it be i don't know I mean, it's hard to know without knowing where they're going with it, because clearly, like, they were leaving you where Eleven tried. Eleven apparently is magic as well, and her powers can bring people back from the dead. But she also can't find her, so, like, her consciousness is lost. So, I mean, clearly that probably is going to have something to do with it. So, I mean, it depends on how it ties into Part 5 and the finale is, you know, if there's a reason for it. Now, if it comes back around to... Max doesn't do anything or it's just some weird side plot where she just they just find her consciousness in the first episode and she wakes up and she's like I'm back guys and I'm on crutches now then that's gonna yeah, be like right now right now she's like blind uh broken arms and legs so who knows which I, this is awful but like she's in that hospital her mom isn't there Lucas is there which again the Sinclair adults nowhere to be found I was like your son's just in the hospital with his coma girlfriend and like no one's checking out mm-hmm. these children yeah definitely have a it's parent lack problem of, lack of adults in hawkins like <laughs> yeah. we talked about but yeah it was it was weird just because they're i didn't think they were like because the way that they did the max thing like she's having her she had like her leg broken and of course they dragged it out and dragged it out like those other kids got killed way quicker and uh they would just be like snap 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 dead you know and her it was like snap and they're like, I'm going to kill them. Snap. And, you know, it just there was, you know, they were fighting. Monologues. They were they, he was like slowed down. He couldn't get to Max. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they yeah. wanted us as an audience to be. Yeah. No, frightened, no. Be scared. Yes. Be scared. And it, it was fine. But then even when she like they saved her and she's like talking to Lucas, I can't see Lucas. She was just having like full conversation. Like she didn't. She seemed like she was in pain, which I didn't. She didn't seem like she was about to die. And then all of a sudden it's just like, I don't want to die. I don't want to. 
And I was like, oh, you just went real quick. You were pretty alert there at the end. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that's just, you know. Yeah. I felt like, you know, it would have meant more. It would have been bigger. It would have been like, a, oh, my God, you know, moment. of, And that would have been like her her sacrificing herself. Like Eddie sacrificed himself for nothing. She mm-hmm. chose to lure Vecna. She chose to be the bait. She was making these like decisions of saying, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is part of my plan. This is, you know, I'm going to do what I have to do. And she knew that the consequences were there. And I think if it would have went all the way to the point where she gave herself and they stuck with it and didn't just bring her back with Elle's hand wave, I think that they would have, um, it just would have meant a lot. Instead, it was like they kind of did it for two minutes and then Elle brought her back and you're like, okay, she's back, you know, and it just kind of took away the moment. No, I hear you. If they would have gone through with it, would it would it have been sad for us as viewers? Yes, of course, absolutely. Like, especially with everything she just went through this season, it would have been sad to see her die. But it would have like hit harder, and I think been a little more meaningful. I don't know. I'm gonna assume that her being in a coma is some sort of plot device that is gonna pay off in season five, where she's gonna be like half in the upside down and half in consciousness, or she's able to access some sort of realm that the other kids can't because she's like half Vecna-sized. Maybe she's half Vecna and she's like a little evil or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's and that's where it's hard to fully know. Like, yes, watching it here, I'm like, wish they would have, you know, went with it, you know, and really could have pulled the emotional heartstrings and done something with it. But then I don't know where they're going with it. So it's hard for me to be like, you should have done this, but I don't know what's coming. So I have to kind of wait and see. It'd be one of those things where, once I know, then I can look back and be like, that was stupid. Or they just completely forgot about it. Or like I said, if it's maybe the first Susie episode. Can save her. It's a what? I said, maybe only Susie can save her. Susie the genius. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that'd <laughs> I think be deserved her a much bigger role, but. Yeah. But she was, she got, she got. That was the weirdest thing though. When they showed up at Susie's house and there's all these weird kids doing all these weird things. And, and it's just like, what is happening again? Where are the parents? What's going on at this house? kids are not i forgot that she lived in that crazy like foster care slash genius slash orphanage like where they never <laughs> explain it yeah. yeah they never explained that was just kind of a weird mad you were weird. I, I don't know yeah okay. that was just a that was just a chance for to give argyle like a quick love interest real quick like oh <laughs> I'm also well, yeah he did mac on that orphan kids are just kids of like people who work in production that their kids needed a sag card for like you know there's like put them in this quick scene really fast and have them mm-hmm. run around and yeah, get their I, check i need them to get i need them to have health care yeah <laughs> so we're gonna put them in this scene that really doubles as when we put our yeah. kids for daycare during the day which did they ever explain so they drove to from california to the compound the nina project compound in the middle of did they ever say where that is desert it was somewhere over there by the vegas area or utah yeah, I, I, was, or I thought it was somewhere. nevada i was thought it was they nevada. Said nevada. Yeah. yeah somewhere over there mm-hmm. that was just something that felt a little like they're on this road trip kind of vague like it felt like it was just a distraction to keep them in the van for a little bit longer like well everything else happened oh right they're in the van they're going to Susie's. like yeah i think it was nevada because i think when he saw the surfer boy pizza billboard i think argyle said something about oh you got him out here in nevada i think he said something something like that so that's that's where we'll go with anybody out there listening might be like you guys 
are stupid. I did enjoy Argyle trying to make everybody eat pineapple pizza. Sure. That was really entertaining. We personally like pineapple pizza a lot. So I was like, yes, eat it. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> speak the truth, Argyle. Speak the truth. <laughs> so there are all kinds of talks about season five having a time jump and wanting to jump. The Duffer brothers have said that they need to, we have to do a time jump because the kids are getting too old. So with how part four ended or volume two ended, can they do a time jump? What, what level of distance of time can they jump that's not insane? Like Last scene is what? The, the main characters all standing in the field kind of looking out to the mind flare, right? Yeah. Will's neck. Right. <laughs> Goosebumps. Yeah. Will. We'll talk Will. But uh, I think season five has to start there. First episode maybe is dedicated to conquering the, ma- the mind flare. You win the day everything's safe everything's over then for the rest of five we can do our time jump they thought they destroyed the upside down but vecna still exists and he he shows himself to them whatever 10 years later in the 90s once now they're all doing their own separate things like they all live apart not saying they're gonna copy it i know it sounds a lot like it bringing the bringing them back as adult front not adult but like older friends now you have to regroup and like it's happening again kind of a thing they haven't said how what the time jump will be like five years 10 years 20 no, years they, they i, like, I never years. thought about that i like the idea of aging them up in the future jumping ahead where they're in their what mid to late 20s now and they have to come back but how do you wrap that up the current stuff when when he first told me about the time jump i said oh they're probably going to do a split where it's like flashbacks because we can't just like oh like you said it's 10 years in the future and we don't explain how they ended it so it'll be these like series of flashbacks where we're in the present day which is the 90s but we're looking back at that like post hawkins Mm -hmm. vecna fight yeah i mean what are you supposed to do you're supposed to jump ahead so far into the future to where say like nancy's already finished with college and she's working her nine to five job and she's just like vecna's out there somewhere but you know i gotta push this paper it's just just kind of (laughs) funny to think about well and then they left you with like jonathan and her like they're they're gonna go to college together but jonathan doesn't want to so like are we gonna actually see that or is it gonna be one of those things where we're like we broke off off camera and he didn't come to college with me i haven't spoken to him in 10 years yeah (laughs) right in in the future they could show it and now it's like steve and nancy are together you know what I mean? With those and six then, kids he wants. <laughs> exactly. Doing the family he wanted. He talked to her about having the family. And, you know, Robin lives in their attic. <laughs> <laughs> or Flashboard and Nancy is with Robin and they have six kids. Could could do that too. No. And Steve lives in their attic. <laughs> he's like the garage. Uncle Jesse and he's writing yeah. jingles in the basement. That's my prediction. That is actually what I really want to watch. <laughs> I think, yeah, if they, if they do the full house segment, they find some new, like some <laughs> other baby Olsons yeah. that we haven't met yet and throw them in there. And I think we he's like have... the drummer for the Beach Boys now in a weird twist. I'm loving These all full house that. references to it. They, they working you? for you. Yeah, it's working. Yeah, it's working for all of all of this. My mind is blowing up here thinking of Stranger Things slash full house crossover. I'm, I'm here for that. It works. Netflix has rights for, don't they got Fuller House? Can we oh, go there you go. it up and they can Netflix, do a crossover. Netflix, call us, development deal. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> We're pitching gold here, Netflix. Yeah, the script is copyright. Yeah. I think they're going to have to start season five with like a, another episode or two of them battling without the time jump and then think they've won. And then the rest of the season is the time jump. Yeah. I only have one demand for season five and something I hope they do since we're kind of talking predictions and what you think is going to happen. Uh, I need Will to be way more important. Yes. He's been like the catalyst kind of through this whole show. He was tortured in season one. He's the one who was in the upside down. They did it to him again in season two. <laughs> like the poor kid can't win. And he's clearly has some still this connection to the upside down ever since day one the hair is still standing up on the back of his neck he still feels it i want i would love for him to like somehow figure out he has the same powers as 11 does and like them two together can can take on this vecna in his final form or whatever um i just kind of like him to come into focus and be the hero a little bit more because the kid deserves it man just give him give him some more to do and make him yeah. make him more important. What do you think about the fact that he's like having these feelings and all these things and tingling, but he's not saying anything to anybody? I mean, they know. No, he's a couple times. At the end of season one or the beginning of season two, he's like throwing up those slugs in the toilet and pretending like everything's fine. Like, does he not have a responsibility to tell his friends what's going on? He did eventually. He tells them now. Yeah. right yeah. now that he's older he does tell them things i just yeah. want them to give this poor kid a better haircut that's like that's he well, now they can't haircut. give him a good one now it's like part of his character it's the terrible <laughs> he'll have, have terrible bowl cuts <laughs> even that uncle jesse mullet for the 90s if you're going to the 90s come on oh that'd be a lot of mullets if they go 90s <laughs> no he does 90s he's getting the butt cut the like jtt <laughs> Down the middle. Chris had that as a kid. Sorry, oh, everybody had it. Like, like ninety five percent of like little boys had that haircut. The rider strong. Yep. Yeah, there was there was like two haircuts. It was like buzz cut and that. That was it. That was your option. Yep. Well, I think we've talked it up quite enough for our Stranger Things conversation. So I want to thank you guys for showing up and uh, joining us for this yes. conversation. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Say bye to the people. Bye, people. <laughs> Will you have us on again? Maybe. <laughs> We're cutting all this anyway. Yeah, cut most of it. All right. I hope you all enjoyed our conversation with our wives talking about Stranger Things Volume 2 and kind of Stranger Things as a whole. That was a great mm -hmm. conversation. I hope you all found it entertaining. I want to thank uh, our wives, Melanie and Chrissy, for sitting down and taking the Sunday afternoon to uh, record with us and just kind of talk. It was cool to like, like we said, we're in different places. So it was fun to be able to hang out all together and, and chat for a little bit about something that we all enjoy and love to watch and love to talk about. So that was super, super good. If you felt we left anything out, make sure you join the conversation, hit us up over on Twitter, or Instagram at raised a geek or shoot us an email at raised geek at gmail.com and let us know. I feel like we touched on a lot, but any thoughts that you want to share with us, definitely feel free to shoot them to those avenues or channels. Most definitely. Stranger Things, you know, captured the imagination of a nation and world. So everyone's talking about it. If you guys want to talk about it with us, we'd love to. 
interact with you. So yes, all those places, let's keep the conversation going. Absolutely. We'll be back next week talking, um, should be talking love, uh, Thor love and thunder uh, the newest MCU movie. As long as I get a chance to see it this week, we will go. Mm -hmm. And I believe we're actually going to have a guest next week as well. We're going to be sitting down with CJ Goodwin, uh, the director of eyes of a Roman, which is an independent film that's coming out later this year um, to talk a little bit about that, as well as talk about Thor love and thunder. So you do definitely don't want to miss that. So make sure you like subscribe and follow us, but I think we're done for the day and it's going to do it for us this week. So for raise the geek, I'm Chris and I'm done. Thanks for checking out the show where geek is all we speak.